Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I mean, I can't get off Trump, though. I can't Says get off. no woman ever. I can't get off Trump. That, that's the thing. They're, they're trying to get off him. And he goes, just one more dip. One more dip. One more. Oh. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Jonathan Kite here, and welcome to the first episode of Kite Club, the podcast. Um, so happy. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is a very, very exciting thing. I can't wait. Um, as always, with me is producer Paul Corey and my man in the booth on the keys, Mr. Ryan Neeson. Um, anyway, let's just jump into it. So you'll see how this works. We're going to start every episode by pretty much just doing a weekly roundup of what's going on. You'll get the gist. You've heard of podcasts before. Um, and if you haven't, then welcome back to earth from your coma. Um, first off the Super Bowl happened last night, right? So did you do anything for Super Bowl, Ryan? I was driving home from up North, so I didn't watch any of the Super Bowl. Uh, so Rihanna if, if, if announced that she was pregnant uh, in the Super Bowl by kind of dressing like a vagina. She um, she had a like a full red outfit and she had a half zip below her stomach and it sort of like a, her pregnant belly like protruded out a little bit and um, it was it was really cool. She was amazing. The funniest thing about it was though all the backup dancers were around her and they were in like these white jumpsuits. Right? They all sort of looked like. Um, they were like the government officials going after E.T. But it just looked like when she was red in the middle and a bunch that were dancing around her, it just looked like semen trying to get into a vagina. I just, it felt like, it, it felt like all of the sperm trying to impregnate Rihanna. Um, and uh, so I guess the real winner of the Super Bowl was Rihanna. It was pretty cool. Um, she sang the bangers. She sang the hits. Uh, Kanye was not there. Um, he was, uh, off, I think like blowing up a synagogue or something. I, I, I don't really have eyes on him right now. Um, we also have to talk about, uh, with the Super Bowl. I would just Rihanna about Trump's reaction to Rihanna. You know, this dude is so thirsty. He's like, nobody cares what Trump's opinion of Rihanna was. And I pulled this up. So he wrote, he wrote, uh, by the way, we said Rihanna's a crusher fucking so many hits. He, Trump wrote, epic fail. Rihanna gave, without question, the single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. The single worst halftime show was his opinion, okay? This after insulting far more than half of our nation, which is already in serious decline with her foul and insulting language. Trump wrote it on Truth Social, which is probably why none of you saw it, even though we are currently streaming on Truth Social. So shout out to Trump. Thank you for having us. And he goes, also... So much for her stylist. Um, Trump is a fucking idiot. So this um, uh, Andre Leon Talley, and if I got his name pronunciation wrong, I apologize. He was a fashion icon and a legend, and she was paying tribute. If you don't know him, just Google uh, him. Um, he passed away. And he used to wear these incredible big flowing outfits. She was paying homage to him. I love how Trump doesn't think that somebody who is a marketing genius like Rihanna, who was announcing that she was pregnant during the most eyeballs in the world, that somebody like that wasn't also doing that with her style. The fact that he was just like, look at this, look at this, look at this person. She looks like a soap tampon. Okay. I don't know why. Is it her time of the month? What's going on here? Which wouldn't be possible, Trump, because she's pregnant. She doesn't get periods. You don't know how women's bodies work. Um, what about the ads? The ads were crazy. The number one ad has to be for Tubi. Okay, so that was... Uh, the other great ad was for... Um, Brian Cranston and um, Aaron Paul did, uh, did an ad. You know what's weird is that he couldn't say the word bitch. Wasn't that crazy? I sat next to Aaron Paul at your wedding. 
I say, and he didn't, he couldn't say it because it was on TV. So the whole time he's like, Mr. White, but he wasn't allowed to say bitch, like nothing. And the whole time I'm waiting and he's like, Jesse, we gotta, by the way, how was Harrison Ford not up for that part of Walter White? <laughs> Get out of my meth lab. Uh, every, by the way, every commercial was somebody like a list famous anymore. I'm actually shocked that Trump didn't have a Super Bowl commercial. You know why? Cause he's broke. And they cost too much. He goes, I'm, can I pay in Trump bucks? Can I pay in Trump bucks? His version of Monopoly, you're just always, you're trying to avoid going directly to jail. Um, I came up with Monopoly. I have a Monopoly. They're just, all the little pieces are little hands. One of them's just a cup of urine. You're always trying to get to Russia. God, that is so crazy. I just can't get off it. Yeah, he was bitching about Rihanna before, and he, like that is that's who I want to see run against Trump in 2024. She was born in Barbados. I understand. We could probably make an exception. We always do. It's America. That's what America is. America. Mm, we could probably make an exception. But Trump versus Rihanna. I mean, that would be nobody. I mean, listen. He's, Joe Biden's probably going to go. Joe. I do not want to see a Joe Biden uh, Super Bowl commercial. Come on, folks. Here's the deal for a memory loss pill but he doesn't remember making it he doesn't remember making the commercial it's like folks folks come on here's the deal i'm serious man just realize it pulls back he's just talking to a wall and then trump pops in like the tubey spot i built that wall that he's talking to i built that wall joe biden saw the halftime show saw all those people in white costumes on stage like we need to shoot them down literally thought it was the balloons from china there's that, more of them during the Super Bowl. But that's, that's how they're getting in. No, but they looked like plastic bags. It looked like an ad for recycling. <laughs> the Super Bowl brought to you by recycling. It looked like that scene from American Beauty. Yeah, there's just a bunch of them. Yeah, that, just, yeah, yeah, it looked like Pixar's bags. <laughs> Pixar's doing, they're doing, yeah, they're doing a lot. We're talking a lot about Pixar today. Later on, I'm going to bring up the new Toy Story. Uh, what were the other big ads? Oh, the Bradley Cooper one with his mom. You know that every celebrity, their mom called them today and was like, Bradley Cooper got his mom in the Super Bowl. How could you not get me in the Super Bowl? How about Bra- the Dunkin' Donut one with J-Lo and Ben Affleck? Yeah. A lot of people talk about that one. Ben Affleck's killing it. Ben Affleck is killing it. Steve Martin, Ben Stiller for Pepsi Zero. Did he? I mean, these are A-listers now. They're, they're take- These... These are taking our jobs. These A-listers are taking our jobs. The craziest thing was you, you don't know what the placement is in it. So there, there was like an amazing commercial. And then if you go right after the one that everyone's talking about, everyone is talking about the one that came right before you. It's like, oh my God, incredible commercial. They missed yours completely. What is it, a million dollars every six, uh, 15 oh, no. seconds? It was $7 million this year. $7 million for a spot. One minute, a one minute $7 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's it. That's also what it costs for a night with Putin. It's rubles though. I'm not sure what the rate is. Yeah. But then that Jesus ad fucking slapped. Man, I need to see this ad. Only human after all, when they were playing it, dude, everyone, we're eating Buffalo wings. We're on to another commercial. We look like we're in the commercial for Jesus. Everyone at the party I was at was like, only human after all. We're like all just dancing, but not just with our chicken wings. We're just dancing with the chicken wing, bro. We're just like, only human. Well, not this chicken wing. Only chicken wing after all. I don't know why I'm doing like Michael McDonald. He does not sing that song. (laughs) Only chicken wing after all. Michael McDonald. How did he never do an ad for McDonald's? That is insane. Michael McDonald? Yes. Hold the pickle. He goes, I'm loving it. How did he not do that? Oh, one billion seven, only one billion seven. Wait, what is it? Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. No, no, but what did he? What, what was it? Um, what, two, two all beef patties, special yeah. sauce, lettuce. Two cheese. all beef patties, special, special sauce. sauce. What lettuce, is it? Lettuce cheese. Lettuce cheese. <laughs> Michael McDonald is like Frank Sinatra. He doesn't learn the song. Yeah. He goes, just have it in my monitor. Yeah, well, <laughs> by the way, it's a great sketch. Welcome to Michael McDonald's. Michael, Michael, Michael <laughs> McDonald's. Ba 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 ba. You're loving it. They really blew it. Bro, they are <laughs> blowing it, brah. They really Michael it. McDonald, let me let us rep you. <laughs> I don't know why. 
became a bad Jerry Maguire, Michael McDonald. <laughs> Let me rep you. <laughs> but that Jesus ad, it slapped so hard. Those photos were unbelievable. It's so funny. It, that's not on any of the lists for like the commercials. It's on my list. It's the only thing on my list. Who paid for that? Not, uh, donations, yeah. The church. Yeah, that's, the, the, that's one thing I heard everybody saying. They're like, we've got to start taxing the church. I was just going to say, they, they're the only ones that can afford it. I can't believe Scientology didn't have an ad. Oh, that would have been great. I'm Tom Cruise. And if you want to get to Top Gun, if you want your thetan levels to be <laughs> top What was the, gun. I like the tag. <laughs> Jesus gets us. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what I said. Jesus gets us. Yeah, he gets us. That is amazing. Jesus. us. There was like, there wasn't any like near misses. They were all pretty... Pretty amazing. Um, even the ones that didn't have, oh my God, the one that was ED, the one that was the electronic, like uh, it was like an ED commercial for erectile dysfunction, but yeah. it was like for electric cars. Wait. With, dude, wait, it was. Wait, wait, is that the Will Ferrell one? No, no, no. That one was incredible. But the other one was with Jason Jones from The Daily Show, and it was for, for electronic dysfunction or whatever it was called. It was great. That was such an inventive, intelligent commercial. You know what's crazy about, about Rihanna? Rihanna's halftime show is a commercial. People, the amount of people that Googled Fenty, we're talking about it right now. Like, it's, that is, un, I don't remember, I mean, she's such a market, she's a genius in everything, but like, just such a marketing genius. Is that what she was wearing? Is that why, that, like, why were they Googling her stuff? Just because she was up there? Yeah. Got it. I know that she was wearing those Margellas, the Solomons. Um, I, I can't, uh, as long as Christian, uh, what's it, Galliano is the, the, He's an anti-Semite. I can't buy Margiela. But as soon as he leaves, my money comes back. Um, but those are fire, those red shoes that she was wearing, those Solomons. Um, but yeah, the, the ads were, they slapped this year. They were so good. Um, she should have been wearing those mischief boots. The Astro Kid ones. She couldn't move in those, bro. But then she would look more like a video game. She, she would have looked more like Mario. Yeah, she Missed really opportunity, good. Rihanna. We're trying to bring it to you a day late and a dollar short. I'd say most of her choreography was in her facial expressions. Yeah, because she was pregnant. I agree. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. It was like the FDR. It's like if you have polio, it's the same type of moves from the, from the ground up. But, bro, her feet were moving. You know what's crazy is how much, I mean, your wife just went through this. It's like the fact that she was able to do any of that, and you know what was unbelievable? Mind-blowing. The talent level of this woman is, it, you, it, you can't quantify it. It's bangers after bangers. She sounded amazing. She looked amazing. The choreography was fire. It was the balance itself up there must have been insane. And she's carrying, bro, she's singing for two. That kid was inside going, only human after all. Um, I thought you weren't supposed to fly in your third trimester. The fuck was she doing? No, it wasn't third trimester. There's no way she's not in her third trimester. She looks so pregnant. Oh, really, Ryan? The rest of us are allies. <laughs> um, how pregnant is Riri? Yeah, how, yeah, how pregnant. But uh, you know that, but anyway. Um, I mean, I can't get off Trump, though. I can't get off. Says no woman ever. I can't get off Trump. That, that's the thing. They're, they're trying to get off him, and he goes, just one more dip. One more dip. One more. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. It's believed she's past the four-month mark. I mean, the four-month mark. She's definitely past the four-month mark. I mean, I, I, she looks very pregnant. Does she yeah, not? she okay. does. Okay, that's all I'm saying. She looks beautiful, Ryan. She looks great. But she does look like a vagina. Look at that. It, it's yeah, like... Just open right here. Yeah, just open up. Yeah. And them tell you, they, they, them looking like spermans. Spermans? And by the way, <laughs> there are so many of them. They kept multiplying, as you do. Um, yeah, those little white, those little things. I do think that it was a little... Like the red, obviously, I know with the homage... It was a little distracting because of the background that, I mean, I mean, red is such an amazing color, but I think that they, they could have maybe done maybe different lights on her or something. You know what? I wish that she had come out to that would have slapped. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end she punches and then a mushroom comes out. It's like, Oh my God, if they were all dressed, those white things were dressed like Goombas and she just kept stomping on them. <laughs> Bro, missed that for when she does it next year. Other than that, uh, what else is going on? Uh, the balloons. You guys have probably always heard that they, we've shot down all these balloons. Ryan and I were talking about this yesterday. 
what an interesting I think they were drug balloons um, and that is the way to get them across straight lines I agree yeah I think those are definitely drug balloons Who, who's spying using a balloon it's like the least efficient method it, it's like a cartoon character in the 60s it's like the worst possible thing to do they say it's China they say they say it's China they say China is spying with balloons okay Chinese balloons I don't know if you're allowed to say that um, Asian balloons. We don't know that they're from China exactly. Um, the podcast has just been canceled. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty crazy. They're just, I love how they're just calling them objects and they're not saying balloons. They're not saying, I mean, but right away the internet's going to UFOs. I think, I think probably a little bit of both. I don't think it's impossible. I definitely believe in aliens. It's like when people don't believe in aliens, I question a lot about them. Just as like a person, that's just where I'm coming from. Because um, then that means that they don't believe in magic. Uh, they don't believe in ghosts. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I'm a believer of all those things. And um, I definitely think that the, the, the balloons were spy balloons. I feel like they were just uh, some sort of promotion for the next M. Night Shyamalan movie. I, I felt <laughs> like it was a Goodyear blimp for the Super Bowl that just got way out of control. It just was off course. Um, and by the way, what they're telling us, it's so funny because like they're not releasing any information and then people just assume like we're waiting by the phone for the government to call us as if they're just going to let us know what those balloons were. They're going to lie to us. They don't need to tell us anything, but everyone's on like balloon gate. You've heard it here first. By the way, I just think that, that Party City needs to get involved somehow. If Party City's not involved, what are you doing, Party City? You're, you're going to turn into Spirit Halloween. I'm not talking to anybody right now except Blockbuster, RIP. I'm talking to Spirit Halloween, RIP. Party City, you're gonzo, buddy. You got to get on this balloon stuff. What else did the balloons look like? I don't know. I've only seen the one. There was four of them now, right? Yeah, they said that they were in the Trump administration. You never heard about That's how you knew that Trump was such a crazy balloon himself. He was just like a Macy's. By the way, how stupid if they were Chinese spy balloons? How do you not put them in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? There's definitely going to be one this year. There has to be. I'm going as a Chinese spy balloon. You won't know it, though. Is that the holiday? Co- the yeah, it's, it's going to be my Halloween. It's my, it's the, that's how Spirit Halloween is coming back. They're partying up. You heard it here first. They're, 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 part, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're joining up with, uh, with Party City, and we're all going to be Chinese balloons. Everybody looks like Violet from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah. After she ate the gobstopper. But, they, but this one is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Here's, here, the, the other crazy thing is they, they won't say that, but, but that's how crazy Trump was. That like, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. We can all agree that Trump was a Macy's Thanksgiving Day uh, balloon. That it looked like he was going to come crashing down on us as a people. He was, he was into so many shenanigans. He's like, he's like Alf. Trump and Alf, I think, were related. That he was just the crazy guy who loved to eat pussy, cats, and, uh, and he was always arguing with the other establishment. And the crazy thing about it was, if the, if, the, if the spy balloons existed, like they said, during his presidency, but we never heard about them because it was like old cartoon character Donald Trump. And by the way, I think that Donald Trump is so thirsty. I think Gatorade, I'm talking to you right now. You're leaving money on the table. Make the orange Gatorade Donald Trump flavor. Or make, just call it Trump Gatorade because he, he real thirsty. But that's the thing. Like, you know how crazy you have to be where they're like, Donald Trump is, is just, uh, uh, you know, um, his hands are so small that we're focusing on that and not the giant space spy balloons. Do you know how crazy of a guy that that has to be? Where it's like, we can't look in the sky because we're putting out fires on Earth. I like that you think he eats pussy. That was the funniest. I, I, I cannot see Donald Trump doing that for the life of me. I, I think he does it, just not American pussy. Really? Russian pussy. Man. Or he just pisses on it, you think? I don't think he could shut up long enough to... to no, that's what it is. They just sit on him. They teabag him. He just talks? He yeah, he's just like, speech. I'm just going to keep yum, yum, yum. <laughs> just get in that sweet spot. Sweet spot. He'll never shut up. Not even for pussy. No, that's what I'm saying. I just imagine, though, he's got to be the best at fingering because his whole hand can get inside. It's like, <laughs> a, it's like a claw game. He looks like he eats pussy with Grey Poupon. Just like, to throw some on. Right Excuse there. me. <laughs> Yeah, it just opens up and there's a, there's a pussy. He's like, do you have any grape a pup? 
Let's get to um, my favorite story of 2023, George Santos. Um, if you guys haven't seen George Santos, he looks like someone who's transitioning from Mr. Potato Head into a person. He's got, he looks like a Fred Armisen character, and that is no disrespect. I love Fred Armisen. Love, love, love. But he, he is one of the most ridiculous. Look, look at that shot of him and the, the American flag. Was that taken at a mall? Was, like, was that a glamour shot, George Santos' glamour shot? So probably a lot of you know who he is, but for those of you who don't, he's, he's a liar. He's somebody, excuse me, he's an American politician who now it's being revealed that everything, not everything, but most everything that he's ever said has just been a fucking lie. Okay, he lied about where he went to high school, where he went to college, that he was a star of his college volleyball team. I love how he picked such an obscure thing that nobody would Google this. Now, you're asking yourself, like, oh, this probably happened in the 70s when they didn't have Google. It happened today. When Google has been working, the Internet is not down. Everything is working. Chinese spy balloons, the Internet, it's all going. So he said that he worked on Wall Street. Didn't do that. He said that he was married and he was gay, except a partner never appeared with him on the campaign trail. So he was gay for your vote. Um, he did have a wedding. Uh, uh, he had no wedding ring on. I mean, this guy is like, he, he's like, a, I mean, this guy is like a character. He, he, he claimed his mom died in 9-11. Uh, he said that he was Jewish. And they're like, oh, you're Jewish? He goes, no, Jewish. And he one time in a Facebook post in 2011 said, Heil Hitler. So he's Jewish the way Kanye is Jewish. He's from Brazil. He said he was not a drag queen. And then they found so many photos. There are as many photos of him on the internet as a drag queen as there are as Carmen Miranda on Chiquita Bananas. He's a drag queen, which is great. God bless all the drag queens. I love them. Uh, and then a Wikipedia claim. This is my favorite lie. On his Wikipedia, someone claims that he was on... Sweet Life of Zach and Cody in Hannah, Montana. <laughs> what? Bro, look it up. Um, it's unbelievable. He also said that he was... I'm going to get to the point of this in a second. Um, I'm getting to this, this laundry list, or as he would call it, a Schindler's list, because he's Jewish. That he was a producer on Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. If you don't know Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, I envy you that it's not taking up space in your brain. It was a failed... How do you fail with Spider-Man? It's working on every level. Everything with Spider-Man works. You do it anyway, anyway. Spider-Man, Underoos, everything. The U2, which yes, the same U2 that tried to force their way onto your Apple Music, they did a musical called Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. It was a flop, one of the biggest, most colossal flops in recent history. He claimed to be a producer. So here's the problem. And I was on Sweet Life on deck of Zach and Cody, so mad respect to them. He lies about shit that you can A, Google, but B, that they're not like, now obviously Hannah Montana, big show, Sweet Life, big show, but it's like there are things that are just out of the realm. Like he didn't claim that he was an Avenger. But it's amazing to me that a guy like this got, that there's no fact-checking, that he could sort of, like that girl, that woman, Anna Delvey, right, who's uh, imprisoned, and then, the, and then there's that guy, the Tinder swindler. It's like the fact that these people got found out as fast as they did, and this guy is just living all these, like, opposite lives, and people are taking him at his word. If you've ever seen a picture of him, he looks like he has dry and somehow wet lips at the same time. This is not a guy, this is a guy who looks like he's teabagging Donald Trump. You, you can't trust this guy. He looks like a police sketch artist for the guy that did it. If he was in an episode of Law and Order, everybody would be like, that guy did it. I don't know what the crime was. Oh, the crime was he lied about being the star of his college volleyball team? He did it. The craziest things. I heard a rumor that he said that Cocaine Bear was based on his life. I don't know if it's true. I'm not going to Google it. I'm hoping it is. I think that was just his nickname when he was in Brazil. I haven't seen it. Does he have a lot of hair on his chest? Yeah, I'm assuming. He, seemed, he looks more like Cocaine Twink. Yeah. So here's... Cocaine Seal. I would say that... we and, and Ryan and I talked about this. Cocaine Bear, based on a real thing, how has there not been Narc Shark? There's so much cocaine lost at sea. We lost a lot of good coke this year. How does a shark not mistake one of those for a seal and just get 
absolutely blitzed underwater. Bro, sharks never sleep anyway. Could you imagine them on coke? Bro, I can't imagine the Bitcoin pitches I'm going to hear. But I think we should. What was the movie we pitched? Narc Shark? Yeah, it was Narc Shark. And he was a a cop, right? But you'd be able to tell he was wearing a wire. The shark was a narc? Wait, the shark was an actual narc. He was in, yeah, Narc Shark. He has aviator sunglasses on. And that they're wide because his eyes are over here. Um, and we all agree that Mark Zuckerberg is part shark or part mantis. Those eyes are going this way. Yeah. But also he has a mustache, Narc Shark. He has a 70s no-nonsense mustache. And he has to wear a yellow button-down shirt to hide the wire he's wearing. He has suspenders. Um, and he and he's the problem with Narc Shark is, is he's doing all the cocaine that he's busting. Yeah, this is all coming together. Bro, I want to see it, when he goes home back to wherever the hell a shark goes and then just has like has to have drinks because he can't deal with the pressure. He's like, I can't dude, it. he's constantly drinking. He's underwater. That's a good point. He's also an alcoholic. The plot thickens. So he's on. He's so cocaine because the bear essentially. By the way, I want to know who found the cocaine bear in real life. You guys know the story about a bear a tale as old as time. Bear finds cocaine, has the best night of his life, and then we make a, a movie off him, and he makes none of that money. That's so Hollywood. That bear receives none of that money. I bet you if it was a polar bear, would have got a part of it. I didn't want to say it. I'll bet you, I'll go even further. I bet a polar bear produced it. <laughs> and that, that is actually, guess who's playing the cocaine shark? Polar bear and blackface. God. I didn't want to say it, but I did. It's um, a lot of drama. What else is going on? Uh, we debated on talking about this, the Syrian earthquake. Um, not because we just didn't know if it, you know, obviously it's not always funny. That is, um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, we're going to put a link for uh, uh, a charity for a relief fund. Um, we just wanted to bring it up to kind of bring attention to it. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. It's not, it's getting press over here. Not as much as it should, to be totally honest with you. But um, it's a, uh, do they have a, a death toll right now? Uh, it's Turkey and Syria, though. Sorry, I, I apologize. Uh, 34,000 dead. 34,000, man. That's crazy. That is crazy. And it is awful, and it's just, you know, it just does, it's not getting, um, it, it's weird. It's like you see the news cycles, like even what we choose to focus on, uh, cocaine bear. Um, but, yeah, we're going to put up a, a link and, um, in, in, the, uh, in the YouTube, and, um, yeah, please donate. They could, they could really use your help. I, I've been to Turkey. Have you ever been to Turkey, right? I've never been there, no. Um, we talked about going there. We did. Have you been to Turkey? It's the best. I had, my brother did his honeymoon there. Um, it is Istanbul, one of my favorite countries in the world. Uh, I mean, cities, um, in the world, uh, um, they have just the great food, great people. Um, I, the hospitality was unbelievable, a beautiful city. Um, so, you know, uh, anyway, you can, can give uh, very obviously uh, a worthy cause, um, new toy story coming out. There's no transitions here, by the way. We, we talked about calling the podcast Zero Transitions, but I think that was, that was too smooth to call it Zero Transitions. So we just called it Kite Club, and um, obviously we'll be selling soap. It's like that's also the policy in most of the South. Zero transitions allowed. Just... Zero transitions, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's most of America. I think we can label the South, but come on. It's most of America. Okay. Um, new Toy Story. What's going on with this new Toy Story? They announced there's going to be Toy Story... Uh, what is this, the fifth one? Toy Story 5, Woody and Buzz would have to be Andy's sex toys. At this age, what? What? I mean, by the way, I love Toy Story. I want to be in it. This is probably not going to help my case. But I would love to play anal beads. I, I could do any, any voice you want. Ryan, give me a voice. Who's the anal beads? Oh, man. Uh, I think it's Liam Neeson. <laughs> Listen. I'm going to go inside, and I'm going to come out very slowly. I don't know who you are because I can't see you because I'm deep in the crevice. But you will find me, and you will use me, and I will bring you pleasure. That is, uh, yeah, he's a uh, god. Just Toy Story, Disney, hit me up after this. I think I'm great with kids. What toys last for this long anymore? This is crazy. Uh, yeah, a, a rabbit. It's got to be. Well, he, he's, I mean, what he's, he's got to be a dildo. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Pull my string and I'll make you come. Um, I'm just pitching here, guys. 
Pixar is a sponsor. Or they were. They're not anymore. Okay, we just lost Pixar. Is there any other new stuff that we wanted to talk about before we get to uh, what's going on in stand-up? It's really, it's really a slow kind of news cycle. We have some on-this-day stuff. Well, we'll go that in a second. All right, let's just get to stand-up. So I did... Um, Ryan and I both been in the clubs a lot lately. I'm trying to work on a bunch of new stuff. And um, I'm trying... I did, a, I did a tennis club. Now... People, you know, we often get asked, I, I mean, like, what's a weird job that you did or whatever? So I did a tennis club here in L.A. on last Thursday, and it was ridiculous because, excuse me, there's a ton of people that got to go for free, right? Because they're a member of that club. So they set you up sort of in like a multi-purpose room where it looks like someone is going to do a very watered-down TED Talk. And there is a there was like a, a, a blanket like hang, hung up behind the way that like a kid would do a play for their parents uh, in their basement. And it was just all of these incredibly drunk people. Oh, yeah, and they they got drink tickets. So they were fucking lit. Um, And it was unreal because it's like the worst environment. I mean, it was amazing. The show actually went incredibly well. But, like, there's such an idea that because people watch so much on their phones and computers or wherever you're watching this now or listening to this now, that people are just talking like at least in a, in a club there, there's there's sort of a, the idea that like don't talk or whatever like you know understand that you're in an environment we can hear you this isn't YouTube you know because these people were shouting back like this was like a, a, a town hall meeting and it felt less like stand up and more like a choose your own adventure themed dialogue with rich strangers. And it was, uh, but it was fun. But it was also like I think that it's a it's an odd place that we're in with stand up. Where like everything, like a Starbucks could now be a stand up club. Like you did a stand up. Where were you at a Mexican restaurant? I was at a Mexican restaurant, kind of similar to your story, but not at all. Doing stand up. <laughs> Doing stand up and taking orders. <laughs> there was there was five people there, so it was. Uh, I, I feel more bad for that restaurant. Have you ever heard of a place called Newark, California? I, I never heard of that in my entire life. It's like right out of San Jose by like 20 minutes. Yeah, I went there for a... Is uh, that how you opened? I, I've never heard of your town. What's yeah, I, I, guys, have you ever heard of you? I don't Because I haven't. I don't think anyone had. That's why nobody was there. <laughs> like, it's in Newark, New Jersey, and, you mean. And, right? and there was only four people at the, in the restaurant? There was four people. There was two tables of two. There was two people at the bar. There were six people total. I lied. And there were seven comedians on the show. So, you just really rain man that for us. Yeah, thank you. I'm great with numbers. Definitely good with numbers. Um, but it was—I mean, it was—it is what it is, man. You go there and you uh, you try to do you try to do jokes to people drinking margaritas and trying to eat a fajitas, and uh, sometimes it doesn't go well. I did a show in um, that doesn't exist anymore in Marco Island, Florida. Uh, Captain O'Brien's or Cap, it was called um, Off, Off the, the Hook. hook. Right? That's yeah, still there, I think. They moved it. It used to be on Marco Island where it's like oh, that vacation home. Like Blake Lavely had a house there. Eminem had a house there. Neither was at my show. And it was like the most expensive Red Lobster you've ever been in. And people are having dinner and listening to stand up. There was a shark, narc shark, coming through the back wall. It looked like I was performing in the middle of a Sharknado. And it was, remember like in Back to the Future Part 2 when the Jaws comes out and he goes, shark still looks fake? The shark is coming out of the wall at the audience. So you're competing with a with an aggressive forward moving shark coming out of the wall that is a stationary part of the background. And at full volume, broad daylight, people are drinking white wine and crab salad. <laughs> and they're at full volume ordering, at full volume, and it's very expensive. And so, and you are dinner theater. I feel like you're just like literally the the name I should record a special. I just call it White Noise. I was just on in the background, brought to you by Sharper Image, and it was like one of the most ridiculous things. I mean, the shows were super fun. I remember like um, this dude, and I won't call him out, but he came and did a guest set, and he was like, "Yo, can I come do a guest set on the show?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." To complete silence for five minutes. It's like that they were taking a moment of silence that somebody had died that he was unaware of. And they were like, for this man's set, let's just take a moment of silence to honor someone who had a fallen brother. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how much this place cared about the comedy show that was going on. Uh, the establishment didn't even turn the TV volume down. They just left the award show for the NFL playing in the background with the sound up. So I was competing with... Uh, who Jackson set this Jeff. show up? I don't know. I should probably get an agent, huh? I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like it was somebody that was trying to tank the restaurant. 
It, it, I mean, the there was a competitor who was trying to buy the building. There was four people there. I don't think it needed help tanking it. There was four people there on a Friday night. So oof. Yeah, I think. Uh, What's the name of that restaurant? I'm not gonna. I don't want to do that to them. No, but no. I'll, I'll be honest. The food wasn't bad. I, I was gonna say we're gonna plug the restaurant to have more people go. I got the fajitas. No, it was fantastic. Uh, service was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I at some point during my set, I literally heard someone get to the bottom of their margarita. It was just, just the slurping. They kept doing. Like, can we get the refill over here? This is. You should have done it. I was trying to. It was the only way I was going to make money that night. I was like looking for 10%. Woman tips. comes up to the stage. She's like, I'll take another Jack and Coke. Yeah. Um, just trying yeah. to get anything that night. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I did the improv last night at um, actually amazing show. Uh, pretty full. Uh, I was thinking that if people came after the Super Bowl that they were going to be drunk. And they were not. It was like a very like lovely people who were just out on a Sunday. Most of them had not even watched the Super Bowl, not aware of it. Um yeah, but improv uh, was it was super great, a super fun show. Uh, let's do mailbag. Let's get to mailbag. Um, we had uh, people send in. A, uh, I said, send us your questions. Thank you for doing that. Um, the first question I got is, uh, oh, so people always want to know. Yes, I was on the show too, Broke Girls. A great show. It was on CBS for six seasons. We at, we did a Super Bowl ad that I reposted. If you go to my Instagram with David LaChapelle, if you guys don't know who he is, I think of him as like the modern Andy Warhol. He's a genius um, visual artist, and he actually did the aesthetic for the Super Bowl ad that we did, and it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Um, it was uh, the amount of like makeup. Like, there's a scene when I'm coming through the, the the window, just putting my face up, and his lighting technique was unbelievable. They painted my face almost like blood red but when you see all the contrast with the lights it looks normal because of the way he did it i mean he just has such an incredible eye for that type of stuff anyway check it out on my my instagram page um but i got the show so originally i went out for this show called kicking it that was on disney and um the the casting director shout out uh, julie ashton was like hey we're doing a show i'm casting a show right now with michael patrick king sex in the city uh, you know, legend uh, uh, was the the that him and Darren Star main guys behind that. They're doing a show for network television that's a sitcom. He's never done a network show before, and it's going to be about a diner and it lives in Williamsburg. And it's going to be these two girls. One of them used to be rich, and one was and became poor. One was always poor. She's like, "There's a part. Can you do a Russian accent?" I did the accent. She's like, "Can you?" Come in and audition. You won't get the part. They're looking for like a fifty-year-old Russian guy, but I want you to meet. Michael and Whitney Cummings, um, who are the executive producers on the show, and maybe you'll, you know, could get an episode or something or a guest star or something down the line. So I went out to Goodwill and I was like, I got to be competitive somehow. I'm never going to book this part, but I want to look like what I thought this guy was. And I had heard a story about, um, about, uh, um, a comedian, uh, where he was sort of, uh, uh, lived three eight hour shifts that he never sort of went to sleep. And, you know, whatever he was doing, he had a new group of friends for each of those eight hours. And so I was like, well, this guy's Oleg is from Europe. He's probably a party guy. So for eight hours, he works at the diner for eight hours. He maybe goes clubbing. And for eight hours, I imagined always that he had like another job. And then that came up, interestingly enough, on the show multiple times where he was like selling cigarettes to children and things like that. You know, the fun stuff. And. What had happened was I went to the Goodwill and I bought these like really sad sort of like club pants that were like um, that were brown and black that were faded. Right. They looked like they would have been a nickel at a garage sale. And they had like real sad glitter, like like sort of like the last breath of a fairy on the thigh. And I hemmed them up and I wore these white socks, and these really gross leather flip flops that I had gotten uh, from Gap like, uh, you know, 100 years ago. And I took a, a, an undershirt and I put mustard stains on it, and I wore a hairnet. And I got there, and I had uh, um, did the part for everybody, like was like, I'll never get it, wound up getting called back, and when I was going to go meet the head, Whitney was like uh, the head of Warner Brothers, Peter Roth, she's like, don't speak in an American accent. Just always have them believe that you are Russian, okay? So I do it. I can't believe it. I wind up booking the part. I come in there like like they 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 like me they I think the quote was because uh, I was like thirty at the time and they said like I didn't there was nothing like um like sexual assaulty about me which is probably like the, one of the nice compliments I've ever received and that it was like he was going to be aggressive to these girls and like say like sort of lewd things but it was all in fun and that there was nothing like dangerous about me or 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 uncomfortable for audiences 
So when, when I got there to the first table read, I remember when I officially met Peter Roth, I like hugged him and I, I sort of uh, said to him like, hey, what's up? And he looked at me because he had no idea that I didn't speak uh, in a Russian accent. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. My name is Jonathan Kite. I'm an American. So that's how I got that show. So thank you to Michael and big thank you to Whitney Cummings. I really uh, owe them that. And then uh, how did I get into stand up? Um, how did you get into stand up, by the way? I wanted to do it much younger when I was about 20 and then just didn't have the balls. My dad had always uh, told me about how he used to write for some friends of his that were comedians. And I just always enjoyed stand-up growing up. And uh, I finally got the balls when I was like 35 to try it. And then just went and did an open mic and blacked out on stage, I felt like. And uh, got off and I was like, had like a weird rush. And I was like, ah, I should probably try that again. And then just kind of been doing it, forcing myself to, forcing myself to do it. So... I got into stand-up because I had been doing a, a sketch show with Jamie Foxx in like 2009, 2010. And I got a chance, which was really cool, because I was writing a bunch for the show, and I'd never been in that position. And when I, um, when I got seasons one and two of Two Broke Girls, we'd already been picked up, I wasn't able to uh, um, take another job. And so the weird part about it was you have all this off time, and you, but you want to keep working. So you have the summers off in between because it runs on the school schedule, right? You go fall to spring. So summers are free, but you know, you're sort of left with nothing to do, and, but everybody sort of knows your name because the show's a hit. And I was sitting at the improv one night, and two friends of mine, Taylor Williamson and um, Ian Edwards, two amazing comics, literally just talked me into it one night. They're like, you should try to do stand-up. You should just try to get on stage, whether you start with your impressions or whatever. And um, the first joke I ever wrote was, here's my impression of Ray Romano having a nightmare. No, no, mom. And, uh, you know, it did pretty well. No, and, and, then, and then I got lucky enough to, to, to just, uh, but the craziest thing was because the show was such a success, they were like, you got to be able to do an hour. So the first time I ever had to do an hour on stage for the most part for a weekend was in uh, Halloween weekend in October that same year. So I started stand up in August, August to September to October. So within like two months, I had to do an hour. And, you know, I don't I, I don't know that it was any good. If you were at those shows, I apologize. If you need a refund, hit me up. Um, but it was it was incredible to get out there and to, uh, and so I worked at it every night. I would go up every single night of the week just to try to get as, as strong and as good as I possibly could get because I have so much respect for stand-up and I never wanted to do it. It took me so long because I didn't want to do it and half-ass it. I wanted to respect what was going on. I wanted to give it the time that it deserved and, and to respect the audience that showed up to see me. So, um, but, but it was sort of, uh, you know, feet to the fire, like, just thrown into the mix and um, obviously uh, I've been at it ever since. So it's been about 11, 12 years, something like that. And then what's the, uh, the worst stand-up gig you've ever had? What's the worst time you've ever bombed on stage? So besides the Mexican restaurant you just went to, what was the, what was the other bomb? Hmm. I mean, these open mics, man, that's what we have to do out here. Obviously you didn't have to do that. Thank God for you. Um, we have to go to these open mics where essentially 10 comedians or so will all pay $5 to just talk to other comedians and try their jokes. And I mean, th this is just you bombing every time. Like literally people just looking at you, looking at their notes, looking at what they're going to say next. So you get real comfortable in uh, just talking to air is essentially what it is. If I were to, if I were to give that a go, as far as a show, luckily I haven't really bombed on a show that I've actually done because I think it, it, these mics set you up pretty well. To, it's like, you know, like you, when you swing a baseball bat with a donut on it, like you get those reps and as soon as you are in front of real people, you take that off, then it's, um, it tends to work out better, I guess. So I'm waiting for my big bomb in front of an audience is, if that's your question. We're going to get so many people writing in being like, I saw Ryan one night and he yeah. bombed pretty hard. <laughs> my wife. We're getting called. I'm getting a text right now and this isn't even live. Yeah. I try, I say is that Ryan spreading that bullshit? Yes, he is. I probably bombed, bombed the hardest in front of my wife. Just like trying out jokes. Just in life. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been to your house yeah. for dinner. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, I, did a, uh, I did a corporate gig where they, they um, when I got there, it was the craziest thing. I, I, I fly up to Monterey and uh, I got to this gig and, and the woman who picks me up from the airport, she's like, we need to go over all your political jokes. And um, 
I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I don't do uh, political jokes. And she halted the car so hard as if she was trying to avoid hitting a child. And she looked at me, all the blood drained from her face. And she goes, what do you mean you're not a political comedian? And I went, oh, did you pick up? Maybe for honestly, she, I don't know how, I don't even remember how I got into her car. Maybe I got in the wrong Uber or something, you know? And she's like, well, you're John of the Kind, right? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, we hired you to be a political comedian. I said, why would you do that? I said, there's no, where did you see that I was? I said, did my agent tell you that I was a political comedian? She's like, no, but I saw a video of you on YouTube. I said, did you now? What was the video? She goes, well, you were doing a Trump impression. This is a long time ago uh, before he was president. And I said, oh, I think I know the video you're talking about. I said, you mean where I did Trump for exactly seven seconds? And did you watch anything before or after Trump? She's like, no. I was like, so you booked me off of seven seconds in the middle of a video that someone showed you and you assumed we're going to stop our research. This guy, he's got to be a political comedian. She goes, well, I didn't see the rest of the video. I go, it's literally not. I just did this one stupid thing as Trump. like, And it wasn't even a political joke. It was him owning a, 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 an, an IHOP talking about Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity. There was, no, there was no policy. There was no build that wall. There was no China. There was nothing. So I go, so by your logic, I might as well be a comedian that only focuses on IHOP-related material. That I'm only going to do pancake jokes. So she's like, this is, this is, this is, well, do you have any political jokes? I'm like, no, I don't do political jokes. She goes, well, what are some of your jokes? And we pull over and I go, this is, a, this is crazy. She, I go, I start telling her those jokes. She goes, well, she, you can't do those jokes. I go, well, what do you mean? She goes, there's going to be children here. I was like, is this a, uh, you know, a charity event? She goes, no, it's a corporate event, but they're allowed to bring their family. So there will be kids at the event. I go, like, how many children? And she goes, well, we don't know, but they're going to be there, so you're not allowed to swear. You're not allowed to talk about anything that they wouldn't be allowed to hear. I said, none of that is in the contract. I called my agent later. None of that was explained to us at all. And it wasn't like this was like a corporate event for Toys R Us or for Fisher Price. It was for Blood Diamonds. No, no, no. It was... um. It was the, the, the um, I'm going to get this completely wrong, the board of attorneys for, for California. So she goes, you got to go over your set with me right now in the car. So I start like, I'm like, I got to go to the hotel. This set, I'm performing in two hours. She goes, well, this is a problem and they hadn't paid us yet. And so I was like, we need to get the money up front. So I go to, I do the jokes for her. She's like, okay, you can do that one. You can't do that one. I'm literally having this woman swipe right or left on jokes in my set. So then I go back to the hotel room. I call the agent to just let him know what's going on. He's, his answer to his credit was, fuck him. Do whatever you want. Like, you know, I go, but they haven't paid us yet. And they're lawyers. The woman goes, I need you to come downstairs and do your routine for my boss. I said, when? I go, I'm on in 30 minutes. She goes, you can't go on until he approves everything. I go, I just did the material for you in the car. She goes, I know, but I, um, I, I think that I mistold you. I think you can't do those jokes. I go, what are you talking about? I go, I, don't, I only have the jokes that I have. I said, I mean, I can pull up a YouTube video and do a Rodney Dangerfield routine. It's plagiarism, but I could do it. I go downstairs into... What are the ballrooms there? And it's like, it's like this weird meeting where everyone's around the table. Like I'm coming in to like pitch them a new gum campaign or some shit. And I sit there and the guys, they're very friendly, but the woman is in the corner. And I swear to God, if there was coal in her asshole, it would have been a diamond by the time that meeting was over. She was so fucking uptight. She, she looked like she had the shakes and she's sitting in the corner, just like nervous as hell. Like her job was on the line. Because she had like vouched for me or like whatever. She was completely inaccurate about the, 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 the way that she chose me. And I said to her, I said to the guy, I go, just so you know, there's no videos of me doing political humor. Like, like any of the, th- I don't know. I said, I don't know what the confusion was, but I want to clear up our end of it. My agent and I talked. We never said that I do, uh, that we would A, have a clean show that wasn't in the contract, that it would be political. Um, so he goes, I need to hear your jokes. 
So I do the joke and then I end with a fuck and he goes, you can't say that. I go, well, it won't hit as hard. And and then, um, so I run through of them and I realize there's enough like bullshit, like lukewarm material that they'll like allow me to say that I'm like, this is, this show's going to suck for your employees. I said, I'm, but if I get paid, I don't care. It was a lot of money. Then as I'm leaving, the woman grabs me and she goes, oh, and if the audience heckles you, you're not allowed to respond to them. I go, what kind of problems have you had before? So of course I get on stage, they're drunk as hell and they start heckling me. And it is so weird because I'm looking at the woman who's just off to the side going, no, don't talk back. And I have to call them out. I go, I'm not allowed to talk back to you. She said I couldn't do it. And then, and she is sitting there and there, and I'm, and I'm just taking it. Imagine. And so I'm just trying to get through my material as the whole room is talking to me and I'm not responding. So it looks like I'm deaf. It looks like I can't hear them. It was the craziest thing. And they're like, so I get off stage. She's like, that was amazing. She's holding the check. I literally just grabbed the check and walked past her. And she's like, oh, can you sit around and take pictures? And I was like, all right, I'll see you later. And I just walked to the room. That was the craziest. And it just was like, and they don't take any of the onus. That's the craziest thing. They, they, cause she didn't acknowledge. She goes, well, you, well, you, to be fair, you did do Donald Trump. So you could have been political. Like there was no acknowledgement that they fucked up on any part of it. Also, why'd they want a political comedian? Dude, I have no. I have no idea. They, they, they never mentioned that. They're like, you know how kids like political humor too, right? That's but but also, I don't know that they thought like that'll be clean. I don't know. Um, well, it- we're going to keep searching this stuff. Um, thanks for tuning into the first episode. Um, listen, wherever you get your podcast, we're going to have the video up on YouTube every Thursday. Uh, thank you so much for supporting this. Um, this has been a, a long time coming. We're just excited. We're going to keep going. And we're just going to build and then we're going to start touring. So uh, I'm Jonathan Kite and you'd be too if you were me. Take care. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.